Good morning, everybody. We're on a series of lessons called Miracles, as we spoke of uh, a few moments ago. Uh, last week, we started. We'll be on this series for uh, the entire month of January, at least. The more I study, the more I dig in, the more I'm anticipating God to keep doing what he said he'll do, is keep revealing truth to us, amen, where our faith can be strengthened and we can believe God more and more for miracles. Come on, miracles, signs, and wonders are a part of the New Testament church. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, come on, you got to help me. Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah, yeah. So let's give you a working definition about what a miracle is. Uh, I'm going to do a little spinorama on you this morning uh, as we continue on with the message and kind of go in a direction that hopefully you didn't see coming. I think that's something that maybe might keep all of us interested uh, uh, on the subject at hand concerning miracles, um, something I think that is overlooked. Uh, where we can have a regular diet of seeing impossible things become possible in our lives that we would call miracles, there is a way that we can tap into that. There's a way we can do it. Here's our working definition of miracles. Let's get it on the screen here. There it is. A miracle is a work of God that goes beyond human understanding. In other words, can't figure it out. Can't, just can't figure it out. It inspires wonder, wonder at what, what actually is happening. I mean, a sign, a wonder is what happened. Inspiring wonder and displays the greatness of God. It causes people to recognize that God is active in the world. Miracles provide evidence that God exists. How, how many of y'all believe that right now in 2022, we need this going on? Come on, everybody. We need miracles in all kinds of realms. Uh, science, thank God for the breakthroughs in medicine. Thank God for the breakthroughs in all kinds of things going on, whether it's mental addiction, whether it's emotional situations, all, all kinds of help we've got, all kinds of programs to help uh, people maybe that are impoverished and all kinds of feeding things. And thank God the world is better than it was 2,000 years ago, maybe in a lot of realms. But still, we need God working in a very miraculous way. And the Bible is clear. It is his will to do that. He wants to do that. It's who he is. It's his nature. And so I want to find out how we all can tap into that a little bit more during this series. Can you say amen? amen. That, that's the goal. Last week we talked about, for a bit, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We didn't go there, but the Apostle Paul talks about these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. These gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, Paul writes and he actually tells us that these gifts are given as the Holy Spirit wills. In other words, you don't control it. I don't control it. Whoever your favorite preacher is, they don't control these gifts. The Holy Spirit gives them and deposits them to somebody at a, at a particular time given according to the will of God. It's not according to your will, so this isn't your faith. This isn't you working, this isn't a miracle that all of a sudden you have miracle power in you and you then go to Sharp Medical Center and you go to every room and you lay hands on every one of them and they all come out of the room. It, it, you're not in control, it's God in control. Uh, those nine gifts of the Spirit, different kinds of tongues, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophecy, three gifts say something, vocal gifts. 
Three gifts reveal something. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. They reveal something from the heart of God to mankind. Uh, three gifts we mentioned, and these were the gifts we talked about, two of the three, are power gifts or gifts that display something. Working of miracles, gifts of healings, and the gift of special faith. We talked last week about this working of miracles, that God works the miracle through a person. He uses the person. It's, it's, it's God told uh, Samson, you know, get the jawbone of, a, of the donkey, and he, he killed all those guys. It, it, it's, it's Moses, take the rod and lift the rod, and then God miraculously blew back the Red Sea. It, it, it's Joshua. Y'all get in the water of the Jordan River with the priests, and when you get in the water with the, with, with, with the priests, the water's going to congeal and go back up. God works a miracle in accordance with the person, a man or a woman. Then there's the gift of faith. That's got nothing to do with you doing anything, but God gives a man or a woman special faith to go through a certain thing, and God shows up. Daniel in the lion's den. He didn't have a, a lion-proof eating suit on. He was in that, in that lion's den. God supernaturally protected him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't have fireproof clothing on. They were put in the fire, and God sustained them. That is the gift of faith to believe that no matter what's going on, God's going to keep me. God's going to protect me. Can you say amen? During this series of lessons, I just want us to just, again, lean in that we just realize that no matter what it looks like, no matter what we're facing, no matter how God wants to do what God wants to do, I am believing, I am trusting that a miracle's coming my way. I don't know how. I don't know when. We talked about this before. Sometimes miracles take some time. The Red Sea was parted. God blew that Red Sea, the water back, all night long. Then the next day, they walked across on dry land. Some things happen instant. Some things happen time. I want us to be people that say it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter the calendar year, month, day, whatever. I'm going to stay in faith and believe God for a miracle. Now, go with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 is a great, great chapter where Jesus is teaching the people. And Jesus is going to tell us how we, as his people, can position ourselves to continually receive miraculous working power. It's going to be so simple that you might miss it. So I'm encouraging you, to don't miss it. Here is the scripture in Mark chapter 4, verse 26, as it starts. And he, Jesus, said to them, The kingdom of God as, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And he should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow here is the big word. Do not miss this word. He himself does not know how. He sleeps by night. He gets up the next day. But the seed is sprouting. The seed is growing. The man or the woman by themselves, they don't even know how that miraculous thing is working. Verse 28. 
For the earth yields crops by itself. The earth is set up to receive the seed, grow the seed, where the seed that is growed, grown can be then harvested. For the earth yields crops by itself. The growth happens. First the blade, then the head, then after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens... Immediately, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Listen to me. The miracle came because seed was planted in the soil. He doesn't know how. I don't know how this happened. The key phrase that Jesus is trying to drill down in his listeners, and this is true for us today, a couple thousand years later, is that the miracle is in the seed, and the seed is the Word of God. They have found, I read recently, I don't know how long ago it was, but I just read this recently, that archaeologists uh, discovering and, and going in the, um, uh, the great pyramids that are thousands of years old, three to 4,000 years old, these pyramids in Egypt, and they found... Uh, jars, clay jars, and they had seed in them from three to 4,000 years old. They took some of that seed and they planted it in soil and the seed began to grow. Seed knows no time limit. Your miracle will never expire with God. There's no expiration date, no sniffing the bad milk and going, that's spoiled, or that's over, that's done. No, never, ever with God. The beautiful thing about seed is the seed doesn't know your problem. The seed doesn't know your history. The seed doesn't know how long you've been dealing with that issue in your head. The seed doesn't know how many divorces or relationships you've had that have gone bad. The seed doesn't know your financial net worth right now. The seed just knows one thing. Inside me is the power to change whoever, wherever, whatever, whenever it gets planted. Miracles always will be associated with the seed. Man. But before the seed <laughs> is ever going to produce a miracle in your and my life, it's got to get planted in our hearts. So the seed is the main ingredient. It, it, it's not an ingredient. Let me say this. The seed isn't anything you have to be concerned about. The seed you don't have to wonder about. When we were kids, we would go down to whatever the store was back in the day, and we got a little packet full of seeds. And my mom and dad, they had a little vegetable garden, and we would plant seeds and see them grow, lettuce and different things like that, you know. And now we buy, you know, full-on plants and plant them. A little different scenario now. Uh, but, but the seed didn't care. The, the seed could have been on the shelf for a long time. The seed would still produce. The seed didn't care if you were a man or a woman. The seed didn't care if you were black or white. The seed did not care. There is no problem with the seed. But the seed has got to find 
proper soil. And the scripture tells us the soil is your and my heart. Jesus tells us in this parable earlier, he talks about that the sower sows the seed or sows the word. He calls the word the seed. And he said that some fell by the wayside and the birds came immediately and ate it up. Some then came amongst what he talks about was stony ground. And it popped up for a minute, but it didn't have much depth or it didn't have much soil. It didn't have much soil. There wasn't, it just wasn't good enough for long enough. And it sprouted up, but then all of a sudden there were some persecutions. There were some challenges. There was some heat going on. There was, there was some COVID. There was some, there was some crazy stuff going on. There was some political unrest and racial unrest. And, and there was some shootings and some, and some drive-bys and some crazy people pointing guns at kids on highways. And, and there was all kinds of stuff that's doing one thing, coming for one purpose, coming to take the seed out of your heart. That's all it's for. That's all it's for. Get the seed out. And the miracle flow stops. And then Jesus said there's a third kind of soil that's thorny soil. That while the seed's planted, while the seed's in somebody's heart, all of a sudden there's cares and desires and lusts of other things start entering and choke the seed out. Choke the potential of the miracle working in a man or woman that is fully up to my control and your control. I can not allow that. I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow the pressure. I'm not going to allow the pain. I'm not going to allow the cares of the world to come in and choke out my miracle. I and you are 100% completely in charge of that. And then Jesus said, there's one-fourth of those, 100%, 25% will produce a return. Some 30, some 60 and some a hundredfold. And then Jesus keeps saying over and over and over in those scriptures, he that has ears to hear, come on somebody, let him hear. He sleeps day and night, so there's a process, there's a time involved with this. We know there's a time from when natural seed goes into the ground that it actually produces the harvest. We know that some miracles happen instantly, but then we know there's some miracles we can see in Scripture happen over time. You and I have to be people who commit to the process and leave the timing to God and leave us with staying in faith, believing the God who works miracles. Can anybody say amen? So I'm encourage you. He sleeps day. He sleeps by night. But he doesn't know how. Listen, you don't need to be concerned with how God's going to do it. You and I need to be concerned with who God is. The more you know of who God is, the more you're going to see God working and how he does it. How he's doing it. Uh, you're working in me. You're changing me. My perspective's changing. Uh, there's great patience in my life. My endurance, my perseverance is growing in the middle of this ordeal. Or there are times that are just supernaturally instant. And God just, it just increases your faith overnight. Uh, that Those things happen consistently. But what we're talking about when we read 
1 Corinthians chapter 12 are these gifts of the Holy Spirit, these miraculous displays of God's power that we see time and time again in the Old Testament. We, 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 see, we, we see in the New Testament as well, mainly along the lines of healings, uh, and, and that, is, that is amazing. That is awesome. But, but again, so many of those things are, are God working through a man, God working through a woman. But I want to know how I can continually stay connected to God and see his power working in my life where, where there, there is no answer you know, medically maybe. There is no answer in, in this financial situation. But then God all of a sudden just shows up in a very real and powerful way and he works a miracle. And the answer is we can see that because the power of every miracle is in the seed of the word of God. Amen. So how much word is working in you? How confident are you in the wonder-working power of the Word? In the beginning, John says, was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. God is the Word. Come on, Jesus is the living Word. The closer you're with Jesus, the closer, like today we're in worship, it's like your heart just gets larger and larger. You can sense the presence of God, the power of God. Come on, where you walk out of here just saying, nothing's impossible. Come on, nothing's impossible. Mark chapter 6. I love this story. Let's read it. Let's read some scripture today. Mark chapter 6. This is in the Passion Translation. It says this, afterward, Jesus left Capernaum, and he returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. On the Sabbath day, he went to teach in the synagogue. Everyone who heard his teaching was overwhelmed with astonishment. How many know, when you heard Jesus teach, they were like, we've never heard anything like this before. This is amazing. So they were overwhelmed with what he was saying how he was saying, the depth of what he was saying, that they said among themselves, what incredible wisdom has been given to this guy. Where did he receive such profound insights? He, he, didn't, he, he didn't go to the school. He didn't go to the Pharisaical school. He didn't go to the synagogue. Where, where's this guy come from? And what mighty miracles flow through his hands? Notice two things. Let's go back there real quick. Where did he have these insights? Where did this word come from? But... but not just the word that we've seen, we've experienced, we've heard about these mighty miracles that are flowing through his hands. Look at verse 3. Isn't this Mary's son, the carpenter? Isn't this the guy who built us the desk, the bed? Isn't this him? Isn't this the brother of Jacob, Joseph, Judah, Simon? And don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? Is this the same guy? And they took Offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is treated with honor everywhere except his hometown, among his relatives and his own house. You're just a little bit too comfortable recognizing who I am naturally. All you see me is just Jesus the carpenter. I'm more than Jesus the carpenter. You've recognized my words. You've even seen my mighty power. But still, you're disconnected from who I really am. He was unable to do any great miracle in Nazareth. 
except to heal a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at the depth of their unbelief. And then Jesus went out of Nazareth into different villages, and he taught the people. The scripture tells us that he was unable to do miracles in Nazareth, mighty miracles. He was unable. One translation says he could not do mighty miracles there. Check it out. Not he would not do. Jesus, this is a brain freeze for most Christians. Jesus could not do mighty miracles in Nazareth. Not because he wouldn't, he couldn't. Because what he was going to do and what he could do was connected to how the people received him and believed in him. Your miracle, your consistent flow of seeing impossible situations turned around are going to be connected with you believing the word and believing all things are possible. If you didn't believe the word here, if you didn't believe the power of the word here, and in your and my situation, the chances of you receiving a miracle are very slim. Why? Because it would be what we talked about earlier. It would be 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where God anoints somebody, either your, your life or somebody else, and a sign, a wonder, and a miracle is brought to you through somebody else. Gift of special faith, working of miracles, but this is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is saying here, he couldn't do any mighty miracles because they were offended at him, they were offended. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. This is a guy who just, I, I had a couple tacos with him a couple weeks ago. And then now he all of a sudden is out in the wilderness and, and, and I heard about him getting baptized by his cousin and, and somebody said there was like a voice from heaven and, and said some stuff and, and now he's teaching some stuff and I've never heard anything. I'm astonished at his teaching. It's, it's like, wow, amazing. And, and yeah. You know, I heard about some blind eyes, but you know, there's a little hocus pocus stuff going on around here. We've we've all seen that little sleight of hand, little 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 little, little smoke and mirrors going on. You know, you've seen that stuff on YouTube. You come on, y'all seen that stuff on IG where where they're they're tricking you. You know, but 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 I, I really don't believe that God. You and I will get nothing. We'll receive nothing unless we take the seed of the Word of God. What Jesus has said, what the scriptures tell us, we plant it in the soil of our heart, we water it with the word on a consistent basis, and the scripture says, you go to sleep, you get up, and the seed's working, the miracle is in motion every single day. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Unbelief is a refusal to be persuaded or to be convinced. He, was, he, he marveled at their unbelief. He, 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 he was 
let me give you some different translations. He was surprised at their unbelief. He was amazed at their unbelief. One translation says he was dumbfounded that the people had no faith. Here he was. Here's what the word said. Here's what we, you know, it's like all our life, maybe if you've been to church all your life, here's what we've been taught. Here's what you've been taught since you were a little, little small fry. You know, Moses in the Red Sea, a miracle provision, a Joshua in Jericho, David and Goliath. Uh, come on, come on, Daniel in the lion's den. Come on, all the kids downstairs are hearing that. Uh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, uh, Lazarus raising from the dead, uh, a blind eyes, a, and we hear all those stories, and we're, yeah, and then when it comes to us, in our situation and what the doctor told us and what the report is right now, we disconnect and we say, that just is impossible. We will never receive any miracle. And so people run from conference to conference, pardon me, and people go from place to place just looking for somebody that's got some power to help them. And it never was supposed to be like that. That is supposed to be for people who don't know. But people who know can say, I got an access to miracle power every single day. It's called the seed of the word of God planted in the soil of my heart. And it's sprouting up and it's springing forth. And one day it's going to give me a harvest. I don't know when. I don't know how. All I know, God's going to work his work in me. Can I get an amen, somebody helping the preacher up here? You know it's a crazy story? You know, you know it's crazy? Mark 6, we have no record, Jesus ever going back to Nazareth. It's like, y'all don't believe? I'm going to move on. So maybe God is waiting for you and you all online to get your chair a little closer to him to say, I need to pay attention a little bit more. Help me here. And anybody who has ears to hear, God's going to open up his word. He's going to open up his heart. And you're going to see him work in your life in a new and a special way. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Come on, we read this last week. I love Ephesians 3.20. Y'all know it already. It says God is able to do. Come on, read that with me. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to. Come on, according to what? According to what? The power, that's what? That's working in us. So the question would be asked for all of us, me included, hey, everybody, how much power is working in you? How much power is working in you? Uh, you can't get more Holy Spirit in you if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, you're, you're born again. You've got the Spirit of God in you. You can't get more spirit in you. He's in you. More recognizing of that, more yielding to that, absolutely. But I really think here, and I've said this many, many times before, probably said it last week, that, that in context of Ephesians chapter 3, Paul again is praying a prayer to the people of Ephesus, and he says, I want you to know the width and length and depth and height of the love of God that passes knowledge, that you'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Then he says that you would know God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that you ask or think, according to the power. What kind of power? The power of how much God loves you. You know God wants you healed more than you want to be healed? You know God wants your marriage working more than you want your marriage working? You know God wants your kids off those drugs more than you want them off those drugs? You know God wants those situations in, in your life to change that, that, that just work out for his glory more than you do? More than you do? How much do you realize the power of God's love is at work 
in you and for you and to you. Listen, if you'll get more revelation, more, more, more understanding of how much God loves you, I think you're going to start seeing more of God's miraculous power working in your life. I'd like to say from this also is that if we'll do this, position yourself. Check this out. Position yourself ahead of time to believe God for miracles at that time. Position yourself. You know, it's really tough when, you know, when uh, you get a negative report and, and, and you've never positioned yourself, let's say physically, we're, we're talking about that a lot this morning, physically, uh, maybe you've never positioned yourself that God's good, he loves me, uh, he's a healer, he's a deliverer, he's faithful, he's reliable, he's dependable. Uh, come on, I, I, I know that there's nothing impossible concerning the physical realm with God, that God can heal me, uh, but if you don't position yourself ahead of time, when, when you get that negative report, boy, at the time, you're going to be struggling to believe God for a miracle. That's why the daily discipline of reading the word, the daily discipline of going to the scriptures and having the life of God, oh, come on, the seed of the word of God being watered in your life that keeps growing, that no matter what you're facing, you will believe God for breakthrough. Come on, we sang that song, I know breakthrough's coming. Come on, everybody. I know breakthrough's coming. He's a breaker. He's the Messiah. He goes before me. Come on, he makes a way. Come on, fire by night, cloud by day. I don't care what it takes. God's going to work in my my life. Amen, everybody? Amen. We said this last week, too, before we go on to kind of just, just, just get you one thought again that we've read so many times, just portions of scripture, uh, but I want to get it to you again, just, just let you know that the seed, <laughs> the seed will always produce. It'll just always produce. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you feel. I guarantee it, you know, there, there, there are farmers in, in Nebraska and Kansas that are planting stuff for us to eat over here. There's, there's guys in the valley up in Oxnard and, and Ventura County. They're up there plowing. There's guys in Carlsbad, dear Lord, getting ready to plant strawberries. Come on, somebody. You know what? They're probably out there on a tractor. Probably some guys don't got some sniffles, maybe not feeling so great. Don't, don't feel so super today. But you know what? The seed doesn't care how you feel. It doesn't know. It just knows if you'll take it and put it in the ground, it's going to produce. So take you out of the way. Take your feelings and your emotions out of the way. Take what's happened out of the way. Come on, this is the day of salvation. This is a day of victory. Come on, everybody. No matter what's happened up until now, miracles start happening from now on. Come on, everybody. Miracles just start happening from now on. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible. Somebody stopped right there years ago, a preacher, and just said, the, the, those, anything after that needs to be hinged on this right here. But without faith, it's just going to be impossible. No matter what's going on in your life, it's going to be impossible unless you have this ingredient called faith working. It's impossible to please him. Can't please God without faith. If you come to God, you got to believe that he is, that he is what? That he's who he said he is. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-good. He's all-kind. He's all-generous. He's all-benevolent. He's got all the power I need whenever I need it, ever how he wants to get it to me. you got to believe that he is, but then also that he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He rewards whoever. Well, you don't know what I've done. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. Click off your religion 
and click on the grace of God. He's a rewarder. You don't know what I did last night. I don't care what you did last night. If you'll diligently seek him today, he's going to reward you. I don't believe that. Well, you better read the scripture where he tells, Jesus tells, a demonized man who was full of all a legion of demons and gets delivered and tells him to go back home and be an evangelist. No Bible. No history. Cray cray an hour ago. And he tells him, you're my man now. Go reach that city. I'm telling you, you might have more religion in you than grace. He's a rewarder of anybody who diligently seeks him. Can I tell you? Maybe this is a miracle that God's going to be working right now in our generation. Bunch of crazy people. All of a sudden, God just says, you wait. You watch me pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters prophesying. Young men seeing visions. Old men dreaming dreams. You, you wait to see who I use and who I reward with my power because they just decided to seek me. Come on, everybody. Say amen. amen. The reward of seeking him, we could say, is the miracle of whatever it is. It's just a miracle. So we said this last week, is that faith is believing something and acting on something before you see something. So you are required, I am required, that when I plant seed in the ground, the Bible says again, you go to bed, you wake up, you don't check the seed every day, you leave it in the ground, you just let it go, you just let it do its thing, and it starts growing, and it starts increasing. It's believing something. It's acting on something before you see. No evidence. No evidence. It's interesting. I've been reading some stuff. I wrote, wrote, read a great book about investing uh, this past uh, last year, the fall of last year. And it was a great book talking about people who um, day trade in stock market and people who, um, who just buy good companies like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, and just let them go and let them go on. And they talked about the, they, they did... Um, I don't know if it's Fidelity or one of the big, you know, Schwab or somebody. They did this study on people who had the best returning accounts. You know what the number one uh, um, group of people that had the best percentage of accounts over 30, 30 years were? People who died and never traded again. They put $100,000 in an account. They never looked to see if it's going up, if it's going down. They never saw the stock market. And they never saw... Interest rates and inflation, they never saw gas prices, home prices. They, they, they had it in a trust account, and they were dead and long gone, and those accounts just kept going. Why? The seed, our example, was planted, it was believed, it was left alone, and it's just growing. Come on, somebody help me this morning, amen? Supernatural things happen when you believe. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's read a couple more scriptures. Y'all ready? (laughs) Proverbs 4. This is my go-to. This is one of my go-tos. Let me give you a go-to for me, can I? Proverbs 4. My son, my daughter, my young one, my old one, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life 
to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Hmm. Life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Let's just say concerning miracles of healings, this tells me I've got a way to always have a miracle. Health to all my flesh. Inherited things because of being born in this Adamic race. Struggles and challenges health-wise that had been passed on for generations. Weaknesses, infirmities, things that are generationally bound because we're born, as the scripture says, in Adam. Natural birth. Sin-stained world that happened to me, happened to you. But now, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. All things become new. Now, I've got to position myself and change what I think and change what I say and change what I expect and change what I believe. And God says, I've got your answer Gary, I, I got you. Come on, ch church, I got you. Let me give you something. It's called seed. It's called seed. The seed will meet any need. The seed will take care of you if you plant it and water it. So the writer here says this. Give attention to the word. This is your thinking. How much thinking are you giving to the Word of God? Give attention to the Word. More than you know about your Hulu channel or what's going on in the world. Don't not know that, but give utmost attention to the Word. He then goes on to say, incline your ear to the Word. This is your listening. So every day I've got to come to the word of God and I say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm sensing. This is what the world is saying. But I've got to incline the ear of my heart and listen to your voice. What are you saying from the scripture? That it doesn't look like out here. Doesn't, doesn't feel like in here, but this is what you're saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes, he goes on to say. This is your focus. This is your focus. In the Old Testament, when the snakes were biting on the children of Israel because of their disobedience, God told Moses, make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. Whoever looks at the bronze pole with a steady, absorbing, continual gaze will be healed. i got to get my eyes off all the snakes. i got to get my eyes off people swelling up and dying and foaming at their mouth because of poison. got to get my eyes above all the pressure and all the stuff, and I've got to look at something above, and that's just, <laughs> just not what we do. If there's snakes on the ground, I want to know where they're at. But God says, you've got to get your eyes off everything here, and you've got to get your eyes on me. There's a remedy there's a remedy that's been lifted up called Jesus Christ. I got to get my eyes on him. Don't let him depart from your eyes. This isn't my focus. 
This is your focus. And he tells us, keep them, lastly, in the midst of your heart. This is your Bible meditation. Got to keep it in my heart. I got to keep it in my heart. I got to keep the seed planted. I got to keep the seed watered. I got to keep the seed nurtured. This is my meditation. He says the end result will be life. Life. For it's life to those, again, who find them. Life to those who find them. So there's a seeking. There's, a, there's a, like an allusion, if you will, to what Jesus said. And he who asks and seeks and knocks finds. Doors open. So, so I've got to come with expectation that, that everything's possible. There's, there's nothing denied from your goodness to me. Nothing. Nothing. So I'm coming again today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive life to those that find them, and health to every area of my flesh. Who says you got to be sick when you're 88 before you die? Who, where, where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? Where, where, where'd that come from that everybody gets cancer? Where, that's not mine. That's not my testimony. Life to those that find them. Interesting word. It means the word of God will make you alive. Word of God will keep you alive. Word of God will nourish you, quicken you, restore you, revive you. The word of God will make you whole. It'll make you whole in every area of your life. Luke 5 says this concerning people that came to Jesus. It said they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Interesting. Came to hear and be healed. If they came just to be healed without hearing Maybe they didn't get healed. I've got to come to hear the word. The word healed is interesting there. The healed of their diseases was therapy. <laughs> when I'm in the word, I've got a counselor talking to me called the Holy Spirit. And my mind and my thinking is being saturated and thinking in line with him. I'm not against a psychiatrist or a counselor. I'm not at all. But before I pay 125 an hour... I'm going to go ahead and open up the word. And I'm going to get some of that counsel as well. <laughs> the scripture over and over and over again talks to us and tells us how your miracle flow can be continual. And it's by the implanting of the word of God. Take the seed of the word of God Plant it again in the soil of your heart. Continually water it and don't let anything dig it up. Let your speaking, your praise, your attitude, and your gratitude be directed to the Lord God who is working out all things according to the pleasure of his will. It's working. Come on, somebody. The seed is working. Your miracle is working. Come on, everybody. Lift your hands right now. Would you do that? All over the room, at the house as well. Father, we thank you for miracle supply and flow right now this morning. Lord God, not even necessarily gifts of the Holy Spirit and manifestation with working in miracles or gift of special faith, but Father, just the seed of the Word of God being implanted planted in the soil of our hearts right there where your hands raised come on just 15 seconds 
Where do you need a miracle? Where? Lord God, every person that's thought about that, uttered that out of their mouth right now, where they need a miracle, I pray, Holy One, that you will draw them to the Word of God, scriptures for your goodness and your faithfulness that show them the reality of what you want to do. And Father God, that the seed will sprout and grow. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, and we're going to receive a harvest. The miracle is going to come. The power of God is going to be displayed. We have ears to hear what you're saying. We thank you, Father, that with God, nothing is impossible and all things are possible to whoever believes. We believe this morning. We believe this morning. The power of the seed is at work. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, can you say amen a little bit louder? Come on, stand up. You've been sitting there for a while all over the room. Come on, we give you an opportunity to, to do one of the greatest things you could ever do, which is make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you've never prayed that prayer, this is a prayer that many, many people all around us have prayed, that we want you to partner with us and pray that because we are excited about the seed of salvation working in your heart and in your life. <laughs> wow, the seed of deliverance and safety and preservation and healing and wholeness. That's what salvation means. Come on, God wants to work in our lives in magnificent ways, unusual ways, that regardless of what it looks like now, and what, 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 again, what the history and the trajectory of your life has been, that you experience salvation in every single way. Of course, of course, that heaven is going to be your home when you die and you leave this earth. And thank God that we don't have to spend an eternity in hell separated from him. Thank God. I mean, I mean thank God. Come on, everybody, thank God. Don't, not going to hell. Come on, thank God. <laughs> but at the same time, I want to see God's goodness and glory and salvation working in my life. Come on, right here in 2022. And he says, yeah, I'm going to give you my salvation. In every realm, I'm going to work my power in you. So come on, all over the room, online as well. Come on, let's pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner.